You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. I'm so thankful that you're here today. We have an awesome guest that's going to be joining us in just a moment. Her name is Demetrius Savage Short. It's hyphenated, Savage Short. And she is someone that I've known for a little while out here in Nashville and just been blessed by her, uh, watching her in so many different ministry capacities. She's singing one minute. She's ministering at the altar the next minute. At the Reawake America Tour, her and her family uh, were working the line of prayer with us, and that really blessed me. And I said, Demetrius, you got to come on the broadcast and share your story sometime. And so uh, we have the one and only Demetrius on the broadcast, and I want to welcome you. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure, and it's an honor to be on your broadcast as you go and do the mighty works of the Lord by preaching the unashamed full gospel of the Lord to reach those that are unsaved and to disciple those that are saved. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much for saying that. And, you know, to me, Demetrius, I don't understand how a pastor wouldn't do that. That's that's really the the thing that kind of blows my mind. Isn't that what a pastor is supposed to do, or, or am I missing something? I think um, what we're missing is, is if we actually look at the word pastor, it means to shepherd. Yes. But I think a lot of pastors have missed it because they think the sheep belong to them when Jesus told Peter, feed my sheep. Mm. And so, yeah, I think when pastors get back to the actual word, which is you, you are a steward of God's sheep, then that will free you up to preach the word of God. And you don't worry about offending anyone because you're preaching the absolute truth. I also think that having a 501c3 sometimes yeah. just means this just what I think that having a 501c3, you're so worried about your your tax status that, you know, you might offend the government. Um, and, and we've seen that during the lockdown when, when pastors decided to shut their door. I understand it was a, a, new, a new disease, a new virus, whatever. But if you are a believer of the full word of God, then that disease itself, it had to bow its knee under the blood of Jesus. And I think a lot of pastors got to see exactly did they do they really believe what they really believe when we got to see a bunch of them just shut their doors out of fear? Yeah. But I think pastors just don't preach the full gospel is because of number one, they're five oh one C three. Number two, they're afraid of offending people. They're more afraid of offending people than they're actually afraid of pleasing the God in whom they say they are a steward of. Mm. But they also believe that the sheep belong to them and not to God. Mm. Well, you said a lot there. Yeah, yeah. no, I I hear you. I mean, you know, it's it's one of the things that when you start a church, the first things they tell you is you got to start a five hundred one c three. You know, and um, you know we have one. Um, and you know I understand. Um, you know when people say, uh, you know, well I have a five hundred one c three. I can't say that. I have never once, just so you know, Demetrius thought about that because the truth is I would do it regardless. And if, if somebody said, well, you can't say this because you're 501, I would say, well, bye-bye 501. You know, I mean, it's it's really 
pretty basic to me um, because I have to answer to God, you know, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, there's, there's all kinds of, um, there's people in the, in the church that will, that will tell you we won't donate unless we get a tax deduction. And I think that's also a, a cop out. I mean, you know, are you given to God or are you given to get some credit for it? You know what I'm saying? What do you think about that? Well, I think that people are not being taught the word of God, because if you are taught that to word of God, you don't have to worry about if your money is going to, um, number one, you're not worried about it being tax deductible. But right. number two, wh- where's your heart? Where's your intentions? Because that's what God looks at is that the intention. Right. Are you obedient? Are you being obedient and faithful to what I tell you to do? Whether they do what they're supposed to do with that, let me deal with them. Mm. You know, that's what God says. I will deal with them as they are my servant. They're not your servant, but they're my servant. And so when we look at, people wanting their tax deductible forms or if they don't get, get, you know, be able to put it back on their tax return. Right. Where's your heart? Why do you even do it? Do you do it for religious purposes to make you feel good to pat yourself back on your back? Or is it because your pastor told you to, or did they shame you into it? Or did they tell you you're going to have certain privileges taken away versus, Mm. are you doing this because the word of God tells you to do, and you're more faithful to please him, even though it's faith that pleases God, but you're more faithful and obedient to God versus a man. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, you mentioned the churches that closed down. Another thing that I, I couldn't imagine would happen, and yet it did. Um, I mm-hmm. understand the initial maybe, what was it, like 13 days or 14 days to slow the spread. And, yeah. And, you know, no one really knew what was going on at that time. But then, you know, afterwards, uh, there were pastors like my friend, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, that was arrested for having services. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know many pastors out in California, different parts of the country, they were fined uh, by the local municipalities or by the state, and they had to go to court. Some went to the Supreme Court, which thankfully they did, because now we have case precedent, which would make it harder to shut down the church. Mm-hmm. But regardless, uh, some of these churches stayed shut down for six months, a year. I mean, I remember even a year after, there were still some that were not meeting in person. And um, you know, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembly together of the brethren, you know? So, so you, you've been on this journey. I want to kind of go back here. So the folks get to know you a little bit, you know, g- give me a little okay. bit about your testimony, um, so that we can understand, you know, what's brought you to where you are today and kind of the thought process and what the Lord's been doing in your life. Okay. So, um, my journey started actually years ago as the Holy Spirit just continued to, reveal things to me. Um, so I, I grew up in religion. And what I mean by that, I, I grew up in the do's and the don'ts. Right. Um, I, I went to different churches. I'm not going to name the churches because I'm just not going to, I'm not going to name them, but right. um, it was all about the do's and the don'ts. I really didn't understand that, you know, it was a relationship, but also, you know, my aunt, who's my mentor, her name is Teresa Smith. I love her. She's one of my spiritual moms, and she's one of my mentors. And she said, there's always a demarcation in a person's life where God is going to do something for them. Mm. And I remember being at the age of 16, and I was seeking the Holy Ghost. Like, I was at the altar. I got the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, that first evidence, speaking in tongues. But then the spirit of laughter came up on me at the age of 16. And I laughed in the car for four hours Mm -hmm. nonstop. And so (laughs) my aunt's like, yeah, that was a demarcation for me that knew I knew God had something good for you at that time. But as a young kid, I had issues with my identity because of 
you know, my skin color. My skin color, I'm a black American. Okay. not going to say I'm African-American because I didn't come from Africa. Interesting. I'm a black American. Okay. I was born in America. Right. So I'm a black American. Um, but I'm just going to move forward. Um, I was getting ready to get married. And keep in mind, I was living in religion this whole time. And there came a point. I'm like, well, Lord, I can't be perfect enough for you. Why do I even serve you? Mm. Like, I have that thought. Right. And sometimes I'm learning that he even answers the questions of our thoughts. Right. You know, I think so. and so I had that thought. Yeah. And then I was, uh, I was engaged and I was living with, he's now my husband, but yeah. I was, I was living um, in fornication. Yeah. And that, that's just what it is. Let me ask you a question real quick about that. Did anybody in the church tell you that was wrong or not really? No. Hmm. Pastors don't preach on sin anymore. Hmm. It, well, I'm, I will say not all pastors. There are there are those pastors that do preach. Yeah, there definitely the are the, the remnant pastors. Yeah, yeah. the rem. You're absolutely right. The remnant pastors, but no. But I did have friends who were close to me. That you know, one of my friends. She said, "Now, Demetrius, now you know you're not supposed to be living with him unless mm-hmm. you're married." Mm-hmm. So she loved me enough to tell me that, but she still loved me. We we our friendship was never hindered. I just didn't do a lot of things with them because you know. I, I wasn't married, but I was living in fornication. Hmm. But the Lord sought me because it was three months before we was about to get married. And I went to, um, I, I was in a company, one of those multi-level marketing companies. Right. Yeah. And I needed extra money to finish paying for my wedding. And um, we went to New Orleans. Okay. And when we went to New Orleans, you know, the Lord, he just prompts you when he is coming after you. He is not going to stop. And right. so we was there and everybody were, you know, people would say they were saved. The leader said she was saved. She was not. Hmm. Um, of course, I would have said I was saved, but I knew living in sin. No, I'm not. Hmm. When you're habitually living in sin, you're not saved. So wait, wait, let there's me no stop you for a second. So, so there's a lot of people going to church right now that are probably in this exact situation that think they're saved, but haven't made any change. They haven't repented. They haven't turned from their, their past. Would you agree with that? Oh, most definitely. Number one, the pastors don't teach you that. Number two, you're not reading. You're not going after God with your whole heart. If you would just open up the Bible and read for yourself, it right. tells you that that if you sin habitually, mm. you're not saved. Your father is Satan. Mm. That's your father. And then you're a slave to sin. Yes. It keeps you longer than than you want to stay. It takes you farther than you're willing to go. Yes. And that, that's what sin does. But no, no pastor came to me and said, hey, you're living in sin. And I was I was singing in the choir wow. at that time. No no one sat me down. Yeah, Demetrius, hold, hold on one second. We got to go to a break real yeah. quick. Uh, this is getting good. Okay. You want to stay tuned and hear the rest of this. We'll be right back. This is the Todd Coconado Show. PastorTodd.org is the website. You can go to PastorTodd.org. We have Demetrius Savage Short on, and she's awesome. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show. we got an amazing guest on the broadcast today, Demetrius Savage-Short, and she is sharing her testimony. I didn't want to break it up because it was getting so good, Demetrius, but uh, why don't you continue where you uh, left off? Okay, so I was singing in choirs and living in fornication, but I decided once I got caught in my sin by being pregnant, I stepped down from singing in choir because I knew that was that was too far, right. you know, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to step down. But um, going back to 
where um, I had kind of took a rabbit trail. Mm-hmm. I, I went on a, a business trip to try to get more money for our wedding because we was doing a, um, oh gosh, we was doing a destination wedding. So I needed okay. some more money. Where was it but at? During that, oh, our destination wedding was in Jamaica. Oh, wow. Ocho Rios. Okay. It, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I bet. It was just me and him and our kids. Okay. Um, and so, but while I was on this trip, you know, everyone was claiming to be Christian. And, you know, I knew that I wasn't living a holy life. He says, be ye holy for I am holy. Right. I was not holy. Mm. I knew that if I had died, I was going to go to hell. I mm. knew that because I did, even though I was raised in religion, I still knew the word. I still wanted to know more about the God whom I serve. Mm. Um, but uh, there, there was an incident where one of the security guards was coming around and, and something was going on with where we were setting up and, and uh, the leader of our group didn't like the man, just didn't like the man. And because my profession is nursing, I said, he's, he needs help. And whether what you, what, what he's doing, you don't like, it doesn't mean we're going to let this man be sick. Mm. It doesn't mean that we're not going to help him. Mm. And then there was a lady who had a booth right beside us. And she said, why are you with these people? Mm. You're not the same. Mm. You're different. You're not the same. So God was calling me out then, and I didn't realize. You were unequally yoked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I was unequally yoked with them. Right. But I was, you know, but he was still calling out. In the midst of my sin, he was still giving me my identity. Okay. And he was, and she was saying, but you're not like them. You're different. You're a child of God. Right. Why are you with these people? And, you know, and I just, I just didn't say anything. And I said, well, thank you for your kindness. But then um, it, it was in New Orleans. So, of course, you know, they do a bunch of voodoo, so much witchcraft there. Yeah. It's not even funny. And um, so we went to an Airbnb. And as soon as I stepped foot in that house, I broke down, had a massive panic attack keep in mind i was still living in sin right. but he came after me wow. and i broke down this and is I, on wait and, is this on your honeymoon you're talking about no this is before this okay. is before okay this is before we um this is while i was trying to get more money to for the destination wedding right. okay okay and so this is three months before okay. we got married got it so um this is when he, he came after me three months god mm-hmm. came after me mm-hmm. um and um i stepped foot in that door and I just broke down, had a massive panic attack. I started crying and just, I couldn't see anything. And, um, you know, just up out of my spirit, you know, I was saying there is so much evil and hatred and darkness in this house. Somebody give me the history of this house. Something's wrong with this house. What's wrong with this house? And I kept saying, I said, I just need light. I just need some light. And I was crying and my eyes were shut, but I'm like, but I just need light. So I opened up my eyes a little bit. And I seen straight ahead, it was pure light. Mm. So I walked towards the light and it led me back outside. Mm. So when I went back outside the house, I was able to calm down. But when I went back in the house, I started having a panic attack again. And and then um, I realized that there was an argument going on. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but something's not right with this house. So I sat down and another lady was, you know, she was trying to comfort me. And I'm like, no, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. I don't know. There's something wrong with the house. Give me the history. Can you not give me the history? Right. But no one can give me the history because the lady was arguing. So um, 
I'm like, well, Lord, since someone can help me, let me try to call my mom because my mom is a woman of faith. Right. Uh, she's a powerful um, prayer warrior as well. And so I'm like, mom, I, I try to call mom. My mom didn't answer the phone. I'm like, mm. okay, well, let me try to call my brother. He's a youth pastor. Mm. Let me try to call him. Right. I try to call my brother. He didn't answer. I try to call my dad. He always answers. My dad never answered. I try to call my sister. <laughs> she didn't answer. Try to call uh, my fiance at the time. He didn't answer. Wow. I, no one answered. And so I said, you know what? Something's not right. I'm going to put my headphones in and I'm going to turn on CC whining. Yeah. And so I turned on CC whining and then I, I started, I started praying. I'm like, Jesus, you're going to have to save me. Something's not right. right. You're going to have to save me. Yeah. So I was able to calm down enough to go to the bathroom and I had to change clothes because we had just come out of a monsoon. It had just like rained. And I, I was dripping wet as I walked in the house. I was dripping wet, mm. massive panic attack. Then mm. I sat down and she was trying to offer me food. Right. The lady was trying to offer me food. I'm like, no, I can't eat your food. I can't drink. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> right. I can't. So were you having an encounter with the Holy Spirit? Is that what was going on? I I was having an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Got it. So I went to the bathroom. I was able to calm down. 30 minutes later, I was able to calm down, stop crying. And I changed my clothes. And then I said, okay, I'm going to come out out of the bathroom. I came out of the bathroom. My eyes was opened. Yeah. On the wall was a a skull with razor sharp teeth Mm. with demons coming out of the teeth. Oh, wow. There was grass skirts hanging up at the very beginning of the of the house at the door there was a demonic head that was sitting at the entrance way of the door right and i and i said okay well maybe if i just pray i'll be okay and the holy spirit said but you can't pray Hmm. and so i started getting sick at my stomach and with every step i got more nauseous and i said and i went to the leader i said i don't know how y'all can stay here but my spirit ain't going to let me stay here. I said, I'm about to puke all over this woman's floor. And so I got, I got some of my stuff. I left some of my stuff. I got my stuff and I left. And, um, that day I had a counter an encounter with God and he rescued me Mm. in the middle of my sin. In the middle of my sin, he came and he rescued me. Mm. But within that time I kept saying, but I'm a child of life. Now, my prideful self would have said, I'm a child of God, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to be. But he said, I'm a child of light. Okay. And then um, that's when he gave, started giving me my identity. Mm-hmm. And yes. so um, I started going to the word of God because after that, November comes around and it's time to vote. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, this was during Trump and Hillary vote. So okay. Was I so vote this is 2016. Hillary? 2016. This yes. is happening. Okay. Yeah. 2016. Yes. Yep. 2016 comes around. Oh, I have already gotten married. After this point, we had gotten married. Um, I stopped sinning. Okay. I, I went when we get, when I went back home from the trip. I said, "We're not having any more sex until we're married." Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I said, "We're not doing that okay. because I had I had given my life." to Christ that day because he rescued me. He literally rescued me. That was a fight for my life. And I knew that. Mm, And I, and I knew, 
So at any moment in Christ, you can course correct. And that's what I always share with people because we talk about abortion being a sin and we talk about, you know, different things that are sins. But, you know, everybody that I know has done something in their life. I've done a bunch Mm -hmm. of stuff. So it's not that we're condemning a person for what they've done. We're we're just speaking, Mm -hmm. we're speaking out against the sin itself. So you hate the sin, but you love the sinner, but all have fallen short of the glory of God. So you're having this encounter and, and the Lord is shifting your entire life and uh, wow, mm-hmm. this, this is good. We got to go to another break real quick. This happens way too fast. I know. Trust me. It drives me nuts. It drives me nuts on the radio. But our next segment is a long one. We got fi- uh, 15 minutes. So that's going to be good. Okay, great. Uh, so we'll be okay. right back. This is the Todd Coconato Show. We got Demetrius Savas uh, short on the broadcast. And uh, you can go to my website, pastortodd.org. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to the broadcast. It's Pastor Todd Coconato. You can find everything that we're doing at pastortodd.org. And uh, we actually have a new book out right now. It's called Come Out From Among Them. Um, it's, it's a lot of information that the Lord has been sharing with me over the past couple of years, how we have to be set apart and uh, understand what it means to be holy. For I am holy, says the Lord. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Uh, quite important stuff we're talking about here with Demetrius Savage Short, who's sharing her very powerful testimony. And uh, we left off, she was having an encounter with the Lord, and she made a big course correction in her life and stopped sinning in the areas that she was uh, continually sinning. You know, I call it repetitive sin. She decided not to do that anymore, even though the church hadn't really told her that she was in sin. She found out as she was seeking the Lord. And so I'm going to let you pick it up, Demetrius. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, after that encounter, you know, I was on the phone with um, my fiance at the time, who's now my husband uh, in 2015. I said, we got to stop having sex. We did. He honored that. Um, And then a year later, 2016, um, picking back up where we left off, I I had to make a choice on who I was going to vote for. And so I wasn't going to vote for Hillary. I knew that because I thought she was crazy. Mm. Um, And, um, but then, you know, when, when you have, I just made that course great like a year, a year ago. Right. And I'm seeking like who, who I am, you know, and I used to wear this shirt that says I'm, that uh, says I'm black and Christian and, and, you know, black this and, you know, just really idolizing my skin color. But then I had to make a choice. Am I going to vote for Trump or am I not? And okay. I got really upset with some of my friends and, and, you know, the ones that told me I needed to stop fornicating. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> I got upset with them because they were going to vote for Trump. I said, you guys, Trump is a racist because mm. I was listening to CNN right. and I was listening to the news yeah. and I was believing them. And I was like, Lord, all of my friends that I know that are not racist, that I know that are Christians for sure are going to vote for this man. You know, and I was ready to end friendships over that. But I said, you know what, Lord, if everybody else that I know for sure is Christian, that I know for sure is not racist, that's going to vote for him. I said, maybe there's something wrong with me. I Mm. said, show me me. You show me me. Right. And he said, the very thing that you, that you hate, you're slowly becoming. And that's racist. Wow. That's pretty big. Yeah. That's, that's very big. I said, well, then you show me who I am. And it took me, it took me a month because I, I was really hungry and he knew I was hungry. I'm like, well, you tell me who I am. And so I went into the scriptures and I found 
who I was. He showed me, he illuminated who I was. And not one of those scriptures talked about the color of my skin. And he told me that the black church has made an idol out of the color of their skin Mm. and the culture that the world says they are. And at that point, I had no choice but to vote for Trump. And I voted for Trump and I got so much slack. I had family members to leave me. I had family members to call me crazy. I had an aunt. She called me crazy and called me the B word, called me Mm. my name all at the same time. Wow. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I lost friends. I was told I was passive aggressive because I didn't want to talk about it. I mean, my world was changed upside down. Hmm. It, uh, it, it, it was it was turned upside down. Well, I just want to stop you for a second because let's just kind of go through the timeline here. So you're going to a church, you're living in basically in sin. No one's really telling yes. you that you're in sin. Then there's these people that are spirit filled that are outside of. They're not the pastor, but they're just friends of yours and people that you know and your family and stuff. As they say, uh, you know what, uh, you're in sin. You got to stop doing what you're doing. You go. Uh, was it? It was on a trip, right? You were in an Airbnb, and then all of a sudden there yes. was demonic stuff there. And, and oh, she was a voodoo priestess. I didn't tell you that. She was no. a voodoo priestess. Oh, wow. Wow. So you were spiritually <laughs> sensitive. Priestess. Yeah, you knew that there was something in there. The spirit in you was saying, hey, there's something wrong with this place, which I know that feeling very well. My wife does, too. Uh, we've been in homes like that and things like that. So that's that's a very real thing. And so then you have this encounter with the Lord, and then you stop the, the lifestyle that you're living, and you really consecrate. And then mm-hmm. the 2016 election comes along, and you are seeking... And you realize, wait a minute, I'm actually doing the very thing that they're saying that the other people are doing. I'm, I'm becoming yeah. a racist. This is wrong. And so the spirit starts working on your heart. Then you, you decide to vote for Donald Trump, which that's a pretty big decision. And all of a sudden, <laughs> people in your life start turning on you. These are people that loved you before, just start turning on you left and right. What, take us from there. I mean, what in the world? How do you deal with this? Well, um, how did I deal with it? It was just me and Jesus getting up at 4 a.m. to spend time in prayer and then time in the word. Um, it, it is having, who did I have around me? Uh, my aunt was helping me, but it was really just a journey of me and the Holy Spirit. Kenneth Hagin books, I read, um, you know, he has some, Bible study. Okay, guys. I, gotta, I gotta just tell you oh. something real funny about that. Okay, you said Kenneth Hagen. Okay, right? Kenneth Hagen. Yeah. You know who just yeah. texted me? Who? Literally two seconds ago, his son. <laughs> 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 That's weird. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, go on. I just that the, is the, funny. The world is a, is a funny place these days. Let me tell you. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it is. That's a confirmation for something for yes, you. Yes, it something. is. I don't know. Yes, it is. Come on. I think I'm going to have him on the show. That's what's going to happen. We're going to have him oh on the show. Oh, my goodness. That is so funny. But, yes, I got into it. He has a study guide on faith. And so in in that study guide, it tells you to find out who you are. Right. You go to those scriptures. Really, a lot of them are in Ephesians and Colossians. And where it says, in him, you, you insert yourself, in him, I, in him, I. Right. And so I started reading all of those scriptures, and none of them talk about the color of my skin. You know, where therefore there is now no Jew, there's no, there's no Greek, there's mm. no Gentile, there's no, there's no bond, you know, there's no free. We are all in him. And then he starts showing me about, you know, when Jesus 
spoke to the to the woman at the well. She was a Samaritan, right. and the Samaritan is a half Jew and half something else. Yeah. And he never considered her skin color, her ethnicity. Right. Jesus never considers our skin color or or our ethnicity. So our identity is not wrapped up in our skin color. It's just skin. It's just melanin. Right. I, I'm not my skin color. I'm not the culture of who the world says I should be because my skin color says I'm black. So, you know, the world tells you, well, you, you got to act a certain way. If you black, you got to act a certain so you way. You got to listen to CNN. You got to talk yeah, a certain you, way. You got to vote a certain way. You got to hate these yeah. people and love these people. And yeah, I get it. You got to listen to certain music and, and you got to sing a certain way. And, and none of that, all that is so man-made. None of that is Christ. None of that is him. And so he gave me my identity. Therefore, I'm not who, you know, what the world says I am. And, And I tell people all the time, especially if you are a Christian, how dare you say that you're black and Christian? No, your identity is straight Christ. Yes. That is who you are. You you are not your skin color. You're not the culture. You're not of the world. If you say you are a Christian, you are of God. You are of a kingdom. He is your Lord. He is your Savior. Hopefully you've made him your Lord and not just your Savior. And that's right. where a lot of people go wrong. They just make him a Savior. Save me from going to hell, but not making him the Lord of your life to where he rules and reigns over everything in your life. And that he becomes you, you become him, you become one, you become one in Christ. And so you can't say you are what the world says you are. Mm, So, you know, and I talk to, and I talk to pastors sometimes when I go to vote, you know, people like, Oh, vote for this person, vote for that person. And I ask them, I'll stop. Well, oh, this is this is time for questions. So why should I vote for them? And the first thing they always say is because they're black. I said, okay, what does that have to do with anything? Tell me something else. Right. And then, um, and there was a pastor that was out there, and um, I, I went and voted. Of course, I vote on the Republican ticket because right. I vote for platforms and policies. That's what runs our country. Yeah. It is not personalities, That's but it's true. platforms and policies. Yep. And so I come back out and I said, you know what? I couldn't vote for your person because they were not on my ticket. And he says, you're a never talker. I said, no, I'm first and foremost a Christian. Mm. I'm a Christ follower. I said, and when you look at platforms and policies, they don't line up. Mm. I said, didn't you just tell me you were a pastor? I said, how dare you vote for platforms and policies that goes completely against the word of God? Mm. Are you sure you're a pastor? Do you know it's platforms and policies that actually run your country, not personality? So you said this, you you said this to him. Yeah, you actually said yes. this to him. Yeah. So what was his response? Yes. He shut up. He didn't have nothing to say. Wow. And then he said, Well, I thank you for giving me something to think about. Yeah. Mm. You should think about that. <laughs> Your skin color should never precede anything, anything that the word of God tells you to do. Right. Right. Ever. Do, do you think that there's more people that are waking up to the things that you're talking about now, or do we have a long way to go? Where do you think we're at? I still think we have a long way to go. And the reason why I say that is because I say this all the time. Sunday is the most segregated day in the United States because you have your black churches and you have your white churches. Why do we still have black churches and why do we still have white churches? Why? Because I'm, I'm going to be honest, black people, some black people have magnified their skin color and they've made it an idol. Hmm. They've made it their, their God, the small lowercase G they've made it their God. And and they're willing to cater to their skin color versus serving God. And it's pastors. There's lots of pastors that keep 
you know, the ethnic division going. I don't say racial division because there's only one race, and that's a human race. Come on. You know? Yes. Well, you know, uh, I mean, Alveda, Alveda King is a good friend of mine, and, and, you know, she says the exact same thing, and her uncle said the oh, exact wow. same thing. Uh, her uncle was a spirit-filled believer, I believe, that was really on fire for the Lord. And he said, yeah. you know, we judge people not by the uh, color of the skin, but by the content of their character. Now, you know, there were But other, we're not doing that anymore. That's what's we're so crazy. That that's what's so crazy. So there was there was another thought process in that time which was more militant, but you know, the the one that was the spirit-led movement was the one that won, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what mm-hmm. changed this nation and uh, you know, there's many people, I mean, I think a Dr. Ben Carson, I've had conversations with him, highly intelligent man, amazing man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, but, but they're called uncle Tom's they're, they're told like, look at Larry Elder. He's tell, he's said, but you know why they're called uncle Tom's It's because they've never read the book, Tom's cabin. If they've read the book, Tom's cabin, they'd, they would have realized that uncle Tom actually, he had slaves so he could free them. Hmm. Yes. That's a good point. That's a very good point. So, <laughs> What what is going on now? I mean, I think it's social engineering to just peg different people groups against each other and to cause division. Because if we were unified, then we would notice that the people that are actually doing the evil stuff are the ones that are behind the curtain, like the Wizard of Oz, that are trying to manipulate us and put us all in, you know, for lack of a better word, little like, you know, silos. Um, you know, so that we can all bicker amongst each other so that we don't understand what's actually happening. Um, and so, you know, then we get a black president, Barack Hussein Obama. OK. And uh, mm-hmm. during the time of his presidency, in my view, things got more polarized. Would you say that's true? I will say a hindsight 2020, it did get more polarized, you know, and at that time I voted for him because he was black. Sure. Because many people I had did. not, you know, yeah, yeah I hadn't been redeemed until on his way out right you know when he made that iranian deal i said how could you Mm. how how dare you and i cried over that because i knew what that meant as far as biblical terms as far as you know um yeah for israel i knew what that meant i'm like well here we go This is bizarre. Here I want to I want to hone in on a couple of things that you said uh, during this segment. We got another ten minute segment, uh, just a few minutes here, and and this is a great uh, testimony, by the way. I, I think the listeners appreciate this as well. And uh, you know, I'm I'm thankful to you for for sharing this because I know that there's well, a cost. You. And uh, listen, if you're a prayer warrior out there, make sure you pray for Demetrius because she's out there standing. And uh, the Lord is moving. This is this is part of the revival. I really believe it's part of the revival that's happening. So uh, we will be right back. This is the Todd Coconado Show. PastorTodd.org is the website. And we thank you so much. I got a new book. It's called Come Out From Among Them. It's available now. We'll see you right back in two minutes. All right. I feel the presence of the Lord in this studio. I don't know about you, but I, I, I feel God moving. And I'm thankful because he is doing a new thing. That's what revival is. It's new life. It's a new thing. And I got a precious sister on the line right now, Demetrius Savage Short, and she's sharing her amazing testimony. And I'm going to give the floor back to her. And we have about 10 and a half minutes. And Demetrius, I just want you to kind of share what's on your heart and, and, and you know, surmise uh, the message that you have on your heart. Okay. okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep. Um, you, okay. So you had asked me, what do I think, you know, what this is coming from it's the lack of discernment in the body of christ and the leaders and the pastors and it's the lack of the holy spirit because when you allow the holy spirit to come in and take over things get messy guess who has to repent first 
the pastors sure. are the first one that should be there painting. Right. And so um, as far as us coming together as one, I think we, we're going to have to go back and pastors are going to have to go back and go back down on their face and ask the Lord, number one, show me me and then forgive me. And then how can I make this better with the glorious church? Because as long as we keep having black church, white church, Hispanic church, we're not the glorified unified body right. that he's coming back for. Yeah. Because we are spirit. That's right. We are a three, we are a trying person. Mm. And uh, there's way too many pastors that only look at, at us as being maybe just, you know, spirit. I don't even know if someone look at us being spirit, but just soul and body. Like a citizen of heaven, in other words. Here, we're citizens. We're not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. We're in a kingdom, and and He's our lordship. And sometimes I wonder, you know, have they even made Jesus their lordship? Like I said earlier, once you make Him your Lord, everything comes in line. Yes, it's a process. Um, you're going to have to get rid of your own stinking thinking. You're going to have to get rid of your own self-will. And you're going to have to put yourself at the altar. And, and we're going to have to repent. Mm. And that's one thing a lot of people, repent meaning turning away, turning around, not just saying I'm sorry because I got caught, you know. Right. And, and changing our mindset, changing, you know, yes. repentance is literally a change of, of the way you look at things. You know, not only is it yes. a turning, but it's like, I, I see this now. Like your eyes were open to what was actually happening. And it's not a political thing, by the way. It's a spiritual thing. It's not political. And, and, and that's another that's another issue is that people want to make things and not a political issue when it's a morality and it's a spiritual issue. Yes. You, you can't separate who you are from what you do. I'm first and foremost a Christian. And if that leads, bleeds over into politics, then that's what I'm going to do. Because, number one, he told me to occupy. Right. He told me to be the salt. He told me to be the light. Yes. He told me I am the salt. He told me I am the light. Right. So you can't hide me up under a bushel because my light's going to crack out somewhere. So why not just, just be the light itself and just go in and take the darkness and put it up under your feet. As yes. he said, that's where it belongs. That's who we are. We are to reign and rule. Yes. We're going to reign and rule in the millennial year. So why not practice reigning and ruling now in who he has called us to be and who we are. That's right. That's right. Why, so, why wait another yeah. day? If not, if not now, when, if not us, who, if not here, where, right? I mean, that's the way I look at it. Right. And, and and we're not doing that. We're not being who he said we could be. We're not doing what he said we could do. And we don't have everything that he said we could have because we're not submitting. Mm. Okay. And, so, and we have to go ahead. Let, let me ask you this because this is really important. So I used to pray in Los Angeles with a bunch of leaders for many, many years. My mom did too, you know, and so some of these people were, you know, were all races, you know, every, and I've never even, I grew up in Los Angeles Unified School District. I mean, we had friends of every color and creed, and honestly, it wasn't really a big deal. I mean, we intradated, we all hung out, you know, it wasn't like, oh, you're black or you're white or, you know, it, there was some stuff going on, but I think we actually grew up in a pretty good time in LA where it wasn't really mm -hmm. focused on that, you know, and so I felt that we had really, I mean, you know, I, I knew about racism and, and, you know, I know that there's a little bit more in the South than there was out in LA in that particular aspect. But, you know, it, what I will say is this, though, you know, I had a, a, my best friend, Derek Gaines, 
you know, he was an African-American guy, you know, and, and we were always together. We were, and, you know, when I would go to his mm-hmm. house and we would hang out, it wouldn't even, like, his mom wouldn't make me feel weird or, you know, we'd all hang out. There was never, ever any of that, right? Other than maybe, like, mm-hmm. joking once in a while, you know. But, right. like, you know, or he would say, well, you can't jump or something, you know. But anyways, you know, <laughs> all, all that to say this, though, you know, um, you know, I, we had these friends in L.A. that I would pray with, these pastors, and this is what broke my heart. When Barack Obama became president and a little bit after that, one of the guys said, uh, well, you know, you're, you know, you're white privilege, you know, and, and that started coming up, you know, and, and this was a guy that I had known for a long time and we've been praying together and there was never anything that was like said about that, you know, anything. And so it actually kind of ruined our friendship and I felt really bad about it because I'm like, bro, you know me, like, what do you mean? Like, you don't, we've been together for years. Like what, you know, and, and when this really started getting accelerated is when it really just deteriorated many of the friends that we knew. And it just breaks my heart. So how can we get back to a place of healing and 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 find common ground as a body and and not fall into the traps of what the central planners are trying to do, the globalists, the elites, what they're trying how do we for the next couple of minutes kind of just break it down what God's shown you as far as vision in that way? Okay. And so as far as vision that way, we get back to who we are and that is Christ and Christ crucified and it's being who Christ has called us to be. That's how we're going to get back to that is when we lay down the, the idols in our life, when we lay down the gods in our life, there's, you know, what your friend was saying, you, what white privilege, there's no such thing. We, we need to look at ourselves. We need to look, take that mirror, the mirror of the word of God, because that's what we should be looking at and mirroring our own life. After that, the black church, has to awaken and stop looking at their skin color and magnifying it and glorifying it. They've got to stop saying, we're the black church. No, you are the church. God doesn't care about the color of your skin. And and our counterparts, our, our white brothers and sisters, have got to stop with thinking that, well, we are the offenders and, and we're going. they're going to always be the victims and we're going to always be their oppressors. No. Your skin color has nothing to do with it, with it either. We have got to get back to Christ. We got to get back to the letting the Holy Spirit lead because yes, yes. he is the third person of God. He is God. And we've got to discern and, and we've got to love and we've got to say, I'm sorry. And we've got to accept forgiveness, yes. but we got to start with a conversation and we got to start. That conversation is show me me. Yeah. Well, you I, show me me. I think it starts with these types of conversations. I think that's why the Lord is raising yes. up a standard and he's doing it in people like yourself, you know, that, he, that, that have sought the Lord. And listen, this is what I always tell people too. I say, listen, if somebody is being racist to you, take me with you and we'll go confirm them together. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I have no problem with that. I, I'm against it. Racism is sin. You know what I'm saying? So it is. So I have a shirt that I've made and it says racism is not a skin problem. But racism is a sin problem. There you racism, go. you're hate you're hating someone simply based on how much melanin God blessed them with. Right. Right. Exactly. For no other reason than and it comes out of fear. Yep. Because of what has been embedded in you through the school system and through government. Wow. And, and and it's all demonic. 
It's demonic, exactly. Just like all the trans stuff and all the other stuff that yes. they're the gender it's confusion. Your identity. It's all taking. I mean, look at they're going after our kids, you know, and yes. and this is why the remnant is coming together in this hour and speaking truth. And I've I've taken the gloves off, uh, Demetrius. I just you know I there oh, was yeah. I was kind of holding I was holding back a little bit just because you know people stopped inviting me to speak at their churches, and you know that I finally said, you know what, forget it. If they don't want me there. Oh, well, you know what I'm saying? Like the right, but, pe- it, but it says a lot to them. If they don't want you there, it's because they don't want truth to be told That's because right. they are, they are afraid. Yeah. Don't, Fear is their God. don't speak anything controversial or political. Pastor Todd, you know what I'm saying? I mean, seriously, like, do you understand the battle we're in? I mean, where we're at, I mean, I, I've been really bluntly. I mean, do you understand kids are being chemically castrated. That's what's happening mm-hmm. right now. It's demonic beyond comprehension. Uh, babies are being mm-hmm. slaughtered and murdered. You know, somebody was trying to tell me, about abortion the other day and I said you understand they're like putting a vacuum into them I mean in most cases they're sucking out the body mm-hmm. parts of a I mean do you understand how barbaric that is I mean it is unbelievable what we've come to and I'm glad so glad that you're standing up we got one more minute left to me just want you to say to the folks uh, last words before we go okay so my, my last word to everyone is find out who you are in Christ but you can't do that unless you've repented. So if you're not saved, I would like to offer you, you know, come to Christ. Come to Christ now because tomorrow's not promised to you. That's Make right. Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Yes. And repent and turn away from sin. Yes. And ask him to come into your heart and believe that Jesus is God. Not only is he the son of God, but he is God. And his blood washed away your sin so you can walk free where the spirit of the Lord is. There's liberty and there is freedom. 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 Thank you, Jesus. That's so good. So good. I think people really enjoyed (laughs) this. We're going to have to have you back on. Uh, Bless your ministry. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for standing uh, I I get to have Demetrius come and visit us at the church pretty often, so I'm blessed. Yeah. Uh, but we're just so thankful for you, and we're going to be praying for you and continue to open doors, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And thank you for your boldness. We love you, Demetrius. Well, thank you. Y'all have a good day. All right. We bless you. It's PastorTodd.org. Thank you. What a great show today. You can go to the website, ToddCoconato.com, PastorTodd.org. And we love Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning in to today's important broadcast. We put out content constantly, and the reason why we do it is because it's affecting people. It's getting them equipped, and many people are getting set free, delivered, saved. Uh, I can't even tell you the amount of people that reach out to the ministry each week, and only by the grace of God are we able to do the things that we do, and because of partners like yourselves. Please pray about becoming a monthly partner to Todd Coconado Ministries. We've got the Todd Coconado Show, the Sunday service, Friday services at the Remnant Revival Center. Uh, We have the new show, Firepower, with Mario Murillo. Got Lions and Generals on His Glory TV and so much more that we're doing. And we can't do it without your help. Thank you so much. We love you. We bless you. Let's take back this nation for the kingdom of God.